What's going on, everybody? Good evening. Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. The bye week is officially over, Giants fans. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Hank and Dictor and the girl who talks sports, Sam Cardona. Hank, Sam, how are we doing tonight? We're doing good. Hank and I are twinning today. We have our 54s on. Well, sadly, we're twinning because of sad circumstances. But, I mean, it's nice to break out a jersey that I haven't really worn in quite a while. But, I don't know, this will probably be this will probably go somewhere within the depths of my closet right next to where my uh, Jimmy VC jersey is. So, you know, we'll, or whatever other random Rangers jersey goes there for failed tenure. But yeah, it's pretty sad to see him go. And, you know, you want to know a crazy fact about Blake Martinez? And oh, I saw this on Twitter. Yes. He like pretty much went in and out for the Giants and he only had like one live media session. Because remember, the one full year he actually got to play was during the COVID year. That's right. Yeah, and then last year he only played in three games. The third game he got injured, tore his ACL. So, big sad. Really, really sad. And um, folks, before we dive into the breaking news and Blake Martinez, make sure to go check us out on all of our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Big Blue Avenue. Also. Shout out to license plate guy, Sam. We had the pleasure to speak with him live on Sunday night. If you haven't checked out that episode already, check it out on Facebook at Review and Preview Sports or our Instagram channel at Big Blue Avenue. He was great, kind enough to promote his charity work for the Tom Coughlin J Fund, talked about his Duncan Mondays, and also he retweeted our YouTube link. So that was awesome, having a public figure like him do that. Sam, we had a lot of fun Sunday night. That was a lot yeah. of fun. It was great. And LPG has an insane amount of energy to begin with. So he was just going and, and breaking news on our show. He was like, I've never said this before and da-da-da-da-da. So highly recommend if you guys haven't watched it yet, make sure to go check it out on our YouTube channel because it was a lot of fun. And he showed us around his man cave, showed us all the signatures on his ceiling. It was a really cool interview and such a nice guy too. And everything that he does with the Giants org and all that stuff. Absolutely. Um and folks, we're going to talk about the retirement of Blake Martinez briefly here. He was a giant for two short years. Um, one thing people may not know about Blake Martinez is that he led the NFL in tackles throughout a four-year span from 2017 to 2020. And I think when the Giants signed him in 2020, all three of us got excited because we had never seen – a legit linebacker that was really, really good since like Antonio Pierce. I think he was the best true linebacker we had since AP. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was sad. 2020, he was outstanding. He was a captain. And then last year he had the injury and then he got caught and yeah, he went through some personal issues. And it was really, really, really sad. And he played Sunday for the Raiders. He led the team with 11 tackles and Thursday, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's it is what it is. It's it's sad, but also it's probably exciting for him. He doesn't, you know, have to put his body through a tremendous amount of work anymore. So like hope that he has a great retirement and everything like that. But yeah, I mean, I remember when he got 
picked up by the Giants, I was like, this is awesome. This is great. Like, we're going to have such a solid defense. And we saw everything he did with the Packers and how outstanding he was in, in Green Bay. So I was so stoked, which is why obviously you guys know me. I don't wear jerseys very often. This is the only well, not the only one. I have a Victor Cruz jersey, too. So I only have two Giants jerseys. This was one of them because that's how excited I was about having him on the team. But unfortunately, we lost him a little a little too early than I thought um, on this team. But I wish him nothing but the best in retirement, honestly. Absolutely. Hank, I want to get to your thoughts on Blake as well because you and I were huge fans of him in 2020. In fact, um, before we added Sam to our show consistently in 2021 we had Blake very high up on our top 10 players list in 2020 I don't know about you but I think I actually had him at number one if I remember correctly like because now you're making me think that I have him at one two the only other players I could have really put at number one that year would have been either Williams or maybe or maybe Bradbury yeah and he might ultimately I put Blake Martinez at number one and the re reason I did so was because out of all the games, the players on that defense, he was the one that year that I don't remember him having any bad games at all. Or or if he did, it would have been like maybe one or two. Often you heard about him leading the Giants in tackles, and he pretty much was the redeeming factor of what really was not a great linebacking core that they had. I mean, other than Tay Crowder, uh, who else did you have? And that was Hey Crowder's rookie or two, if I remember correctly. But yeah, Blake Martinez was probably one of the pillars of a defense that, looking back, wasn't quite, I don't think was as good as this year's defense, but like it kept them in the games. That's for sure. And yeah, definitely a good captain leader. And re- the injury was pretty sad too, because I think he, he might, who knows how many more games they might have won had his presence been on the field during 2021. And who knows? I think the injury might have probably had something to do with the fact that he did not make it out of training camp and did mm-hmm. not fit into Wink Martindale's system. I mean, it's a we'll never know. Would he have like been able to flourish like on a healthy knee, like if if he had played under um, Wink Martindale's system? That's well, uh, that one thing we'll never we'll know. never know. Uh, folks, if you want to comment tonight, share the show. Feel free to do so. We appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to like the show as well. It helps with the algorithm. Excuse me. And um, Mm -hmm. shout out Garth Michael Patrick. First comment of the night. What is up tonight, ladies and gents? How's everyone? I think I can say we are all doing great. Marvelous. Uh, Six and two heading into week 10. Best Giants podcast in all the land right here, sports fans. Thanks. Appreciate that. That's that's pretty high praise, Garth. I appreciate that. Very, very kind man, Garth is. Um, but let's move on. Uh, the bye week. Unfortunately, the Giants lost the bye week. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always an ongoing trend. Don't get hurt. Don't go out. Do anything silly. We see a picture of Jihad Ward on like a quad doing like a little, I don't know what you call that, um, Hanker Sim, what he was doing. ATV. Yeah, that that photo was alarming on his Instagram account. Um, but unfortunately, Ward was not the one who suffered the consequences of the bye week. It was Xavier McKinney 
our captain safety who injured his hand in an ATV accident and will be out for a few weeks. He was placed on the reserve non-football injury list. And when Brian Dable was asked if he will return this season, he said, we'll see. That is terrible news for Giants fans. And now Julian Love is the uh, defensive signal caller on defense. And last year, remember, the secondary featured. Instant would go away. Yeah, that's the whole thing. But the secondary last year featured McKinney, Ryan, Peppers, and Love as the four safeties. Now we're down to just Julian Love. How times have changed. Terrible loss. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and just, you know, it's it's one thing to see a player get hurt in a game. And it's like, that's also very unfortunate. But like, this was a bye week. You know, he was on vacation in Cabo. He hurt, you know, I don't know exactly what happened, but he ended up kind of falling off of his ATV, crushing his hand in one way or another. It's like, really, that's the way we're going to go out here. <laughs> you know, It's really unfortunate. And you know, I don't know what he was doing. I don't know how it happened. You know, we don't. I don't want to point fingers or or push blame on anybody, but because that really sucks and it probably hurts a lot. But yeah, it's pretty uh, detrimental to our defense, and I'm not thrilled with it. But I, I have faith in Julian Love, though, calling plays in defense. I, I I don't really have a problem with him stepping up. I feel like he can fill that role. Yeah, he was very very good um, in the first half of the season. I mean, I hope McKinney gets well. Nick Morrison. Yeah. How's everybody doing? I listen every week. Shout out Nick Morgison. Thank you very much for tuning in. And thank you, Nick, for uh, helping me out and co-hosting our episode of Review and Preview last night, too. Just want to say. Alan Govin, uh, new listener. Shout out, Alan. Uh, thank you for the comment. Why is it alarming? You expect these men to do nothing and not live their lives? Um, that's not, that's, I don't what think did that I say that's it was alarming? That, no. I think that what he I heard said was alarming was that was that he wasn't going to come back in the next few weeks. Yeah, yeah no, and they, they're allowed to go out and do their thing. Love is what we're down to. No, I mean I see like they're allowed to go out and do and live their lives. That's not what we're saying. No, just be responsible and don't like don't act like an idiot. Don't don't join the Beach Boys and don't drive on these crazy vehicles. Right, and as content creators, we're also allowed to critique these players. That is part of of their their job. Um, oh, I think he was talking about Ward. Jihad Ward. I'll be honest with you. It is. It is. It is alarming. Did you see the picture of Jihad Ward? That's not a good look. I'm sorry. It's during the season. You shouldn't be doing that. You can disagree with me all, all you want, but I'm going yeah. to stand firm on my opinion. That was alarming. That was yeah. alarming. That's you know, again, not not saying they can't do anything with their lives. They 100% can do whatever they want, but. If you're going to do that, fine, but don't post it on social media. Yeah, that's that, that's that my thing. Shout out, Steve. What's going on, Steve? Live your life, but do something dangerous that ends up hurting your team. That, my friend, is 110% correct. Yeah, that, that's what we're saying. Right. That's what we're saying. And Jihad Ward was one of my favorite players on the team. Um before seeing that. Um, but yeah, I hope X is okay. I, I really do. That, that That's that's my biggest concern because also we heard that Aaron Robinson's injury is likely season-ending. Our number two corner. Yeah. Nick Williams put on season-ending IR, interior defensive lineman. Terrible. And 
the Giants are getting Shane Lemieux back soon. He was activated off of injured reserve. What do we think about that? Do we think Shane Lemieux could potentially um, make an impact on this um, average to below average offensive line? Yeah, I, I could see, you know, to the to the extent that he can. I mean, you know, we're still missing Neil. Um, you know, we, we kind of saw this line apart from Andrew Thomas kind of fall, you know, and Glowinski just kind of like, you know, being – good but like obviously it could be better um but you know if he's gonna help out is you know i don't think anything bad really can happen with lemieux coming in into the picture but i would really just like evan neal to get better honestly that's my biggest thing too um i think lemieux and gates both being healthy is huge um sam we spoke to lpg the other night and over the summer, Gates was saying, yeah, I'm probably going to get an injury settlement and retire. And now he's back playing on the football field. Yeah, it's wild. It's so crazy how even Nick Gates didn't even think he was coming back. And here he is. I mean, some people doubted he was going to be able to keep his leg. Granted, walking it. Now he's running and playing and making touchdown um, blocks inside the goal line there for Saquon. Yeah. Absolutely incredible incredible definitely um he definitely will provide some depth yeah, yeah I, I agree that that's that's kind of like the point i was getting at there just like he, he's gonna probably help in one way or another but right um we don't know how he actually got hurt to say don't get on a vehicle is absurd we're not talking uh, about ward getting hurt we're talking about xavier mckinney getting hurt it's a totally yeah, different story yeah he's misunderstanding what we're talking about but um also giants signed aaron crawford to the practice squad the other day they released elijah griffin and then they terminated crawford a day later so currently with the way the roster sticks ladies and gentlemen is there are two open spots on the 53-man roster today the giants signed safety terrell burgess to their practice squad who carries an exemption he was a third round pick by the los angeles rams in 2020 played in 30 regular season games with three starts he was released by the Rams just two days ago, played in four playoff games, and was a Super Bowl champion last year. He actually started for the Rams in the wild card and divisional rounds. So, again, Joe Shane does what he can to help this team out, right? He's been doing it all, all year long. We can't say enough about, about how good Joe Shane has been managing this team. Yeah. This is incredible because now you're looking Landon Collins is back. He might even start. Who knows the role that Dane Belton will play. Um, and now this, Terrell Burgess just finding guys off the street to fill in these roles and quickly learn the system. It's really incredible what they've been able to do this season. Um, I'm in particular looking at Tyre Phillips filling in for Evan Neal at right tackle, right? Mm-hmm. Great player. Um, I am referring to McKinney, not Ward. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know what this guy's talking about at this point. Steve says froze up. Okay. Um, let's see. I guess we do we want to get into the second half breakouts now? Sure. Uh, All right. Yeah. So, Sam, I'll let you go first. Um, okay. Basically – I just want to announce how this segment is going to work. 
the three of us. So moving into the second half of the season now, each of us are going to reveal our three potential breakout candidates for the second half of the season. So, Sam, you're first up, then we'll go to Hank, and then myself. Okay. I know that we're, we're, we're definitely going to be having some overlap here, so we'll reiterate our points as we go. Um, but starting off for me, um, I am going with Wandale Robinson just because of the fact that we almost like haven't seen enough of him yet because he did come in a little bit later into the season. Um, and since our wide receiver core, as we know, is – pretty paper thin and pretty stretched thin and he's a rookie and has nothing um, but the opportunity to grow. Um, I'm very excited to see Wandale kind of spread his wings on this offense and see how, um, how well he can do. And I have a lot of excitement for what he can do later on in the season and also later on in his career. Hopefully he does well for us and sticks around and we can actually have a receiver that's like consistent other than Sterling Shepard um so he's my first guy my second guy is Daniel Jones only because we're seeing him just on the incline with everything like just doing great doing his job you know he's not I can tell he's not playing for his contract he's playing for his team but us as fans are also looking at the contract side of things so um I just think that he's just only going to do better within this system and and with Dable and, um, you know, all the coaching staff. I think that Daniel Jones has a bright future, um, even if it's not with the Giants overall. I think that he's just going to have a really great uh, career, but also a great second half of his season. And then my last, as you guys probably could have guessed when he comes back from his injury, is going to be Daniel Bellinger. Um, it's unfortunate with his eye, but good thing it's not his arms or his knees or his elbows or like anything having to do with the rest of his body in terms of movement. So, um, obviously we'll have to keep a close eye on the, on the eye injury, but Daniel Bellinger has so much potential and I'm so excited to see what he does in the rest of the season. He's been a great red zone target for us. He's been a go-to tight end one for Daniel Jones. It's just all around really, really awesome. If uh, I'll even say this right now be talking about not being a Jersey person. If Daniel Bellinger has a solid rest of his career or sorry, rather rest of his season, I will buy a Daniel Bellinger Jersey or Mm. I'll ask for one for my birthday or something like that. So he will be, that's how much I like him. I would have bought a Kyle Rudolph Jersey if he stuck around. So Daniel Bellinger, if he does well for the rest of the season, I'll get his Jersey. We love those tight ends, Sam. We really do. We really do. (laughs) We really do. Um, Speaking of jerseys that I hope to end up getting that I might consider because I don't think I have – other than Jones and Barkley, I don't think I have too many current Giants jerseys, especially now with this one having aged as well as fine wine. But um, I'm going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau as my first breakout player. If you've looked at his numbers in the second half from when he's in college, he's usually a guy that seems to only get better during the second half and having – watched a lot of film on him and having seen what he's already done so far, like he's slowly starting to improve and he's slowly starting to fit in to Wink's scheme. I think you're going to see him be an absolute monster during the second half. And I don't think too many of the opposing quarterbacks are going to be excited to have to face him going forward into the season. And yeah, like I said, that's a guy whose Jersey, I, I kind of want to get sometime down the line. And um, my second, my second breakout candidate, 
I'm going to go with Evan Neal, another member of that draft class who I think with I think once he comes back, you're going to see him continue to improve because he was already starting to get better after that one game where he struggled. And like, I believe it was the Dallas game. I think he's definitely done better at allowing fewer pressures and sacks. And I, that's another guy who I've been very high on, like since the draft too. So I think he, him along with Andrew Thomas is going to be, you might as well consider that like a good, good pair of security guards on that offensive line to allow Saquon Barkley to have a path to run and, Daniel Jones to have more time to throw or, hey, even let him use his feet for every once in a while. And the third breakout candidate that I'm going to go with is, well, this is one that Sam kind of stole from me, Daniel Bellinger. No, I'm kidding. You didn't steal <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to pick Daniel Bellinger. Uh, but pretty much for the same reason. He's sure-handed. He's a good blocker and definitely one of the more invaluable members of the giants in my honest opinion. Let's hope he can return to form once he's healthy and back on the field. I like it. She went Bellinger, Neil and Got it. I will write that down. All right. So for my three, also thank you so much for the comment, Anthony. I'm hoping for a healthy team next season. Go big blue. Thank you so much for the comment, Anthony. Um, If you like what you watch, make sure to go check us out. Um, Appreciate the support. Now, for my three second-half breakout candidates, um, mine are similar to Sam's. I have one that's different that hasn't been named yet. Uh, Daniel Jones is one for me. You're going to see the numbers uptick. He's more comfortable with the offense week in and week out. He's getting reinforcements back. Wandale is finally healthy. Uh, Kenny Galladay might play this week, not saying he'll be much of a factor, but the brand name Kenny Galladay is going to cause defensive eyes to be locked on him uh, at times. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, when he gets healthy, will be a boost. I think getting Shane Lemieux back is an upgrade over Ben Bredesen at that left guard position. And uh, I'm really excited for him. I really am. What Sam said before was perfect. He's not playing for contract. He's playing for his team. He's playing week by week to win football games. That's what he's focusing on doing. He's not so caught up on the stats like all these analysts on ESPN and uh, you know CBS, Fox, like all these news outlets are. He's focused on winning football games, and that's what he's doing. And he has five game-winning drives in eight games this year. I mean, that's already the same amount that Eli Manning had in 2011 when the Giants won the Super Bowl. little fun fact. Um, secondly, for me, Wondell Robinson, like Sam said, uh, slot gadget player with Tony being traded now and Shepard being out for the season. We know Wondell is the new slot guy. I think Richie James will take a hot seat on the bench. Uh, Wondell will be that slot guy along with Galladay and Slayton. Throw David Sills in there on occasion. Put Wandale in the slot, make some plays happen. Uh, He's good at yards after the catch. They've used him in the backfield. He's a versatile player that defenses are going to have trouble figuring out. And for me, I went on the defensive side of the ball. This is a guy who we saw a lot in the Seattle Seahawks game. He had his first career NFL sack, and it is our fifth-round draft pick out of Indiana, Micah McFadden. I'm really excited for this guy for multiple reasons. Great run stuffer, and – he outsnapped Tate Crowder in the Seattle game. As I kind of alluded to with LPG, 
Remember, Sam, I started to talk about it. And he's like, I know exactly where you're going with this. Micah McFadden will be starting over Tay Crowder by the time the season's over. He, he's just better. He, he's better. The problem is he was he, he's a rookie. He's learning. He's young. Remember, Tay Crowder was the final pick in his draft. Micah McFadden was a fifth-round pick who led the Hoosiers with 17.5 tackles for loss last year in the Big Ten. I mean, that's an astounding number. Um, I like his vision a lot. And with Blake Martinez out of the picture, with Darian Beavers on season-ending injured reserve, somebody has to step up. Somebody has to step up. And Tate Crowder, as much as I like him in the running game, he's awful in pass coverage. McFadden can at least do both well. He's not particularly great in one department, but he can do both well, which is something we've been missing for a while. Um, so I'm excited for him, and I'm excited for this defense. So those are my three. We um, had – or no, you didn't pick Bellinger. I was going to say we all – did not. Not not we didn't have one guy across all three of us. I wanted to pick Bellinger. I considered him. I considered him, but I felt like he was already starting to break out that I'm yeah. just expecting him to play well the rest of the way. Plus I want it to be a little different. Um because I don't think McFadden gets enough love. No, I like um, that. Place. Same thing with Fox too, that UDFA rookie, the only one that made the roster. Fox is another guy I thought about. Um, and even Shane Lemieux, I think that's a guy who can make some noise. But anyway, um, let's get into our Week 10 preview against the Houston Texans. The discrepancy in records is incredible. Uh, the 1-6-1 Houston Texans will be traveling to MetLife to play the New York Giants. I feel like we've been home almost like every week this season, though. It's kind we of haven't felt been like home it. in two weeks. Right, we were in Seattle, and then the bye week. So. And then the bye. Um, before that, home against Baltimore at London. Or no, I'm sorry. We were on the road against Jacksonville. Actually, you're right. It has been a while. Yeah. Jacksonville, Seattle. It's like our big chunk of like not playing at oh, home. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what I was thinking by that. Anyway, um, Giants are seven-point favorites. They lead the all-time series 4-1. to one. The only time they lost to the Houston Texans was their first year as an NFL franchise in 2002, where they lost to former Giants backup quarterback David Carr. (laughs) That really, 2002 was the first year I started watching the Giants. Luckily, I did not watch that game, nor do I, nor would I probably remember it anyway if I did. Um, and it cost them the division that year, actually. It did. And the only thing I remember from 2002 is the meltdown in San Francisco where Jeremy Shockey got in. Rookie Jeremy Shockey got into everyone's face. Oh, the Giants are up by like three touchdowns. And then what do you know? He threw a cup of ice in the stand and hit somebody. He did throw a cup of ice in the sand and in the stand. I, I forget what that was about, but he's such a. Uh, no, he was like doing that out of like frustration or something like as much as I loved the playing style of Jeremy Shockey, there were times where, like, I'm sure there were times where he probably would have pissed me off. But then again, when I was younger, I didn't really think about that. Now I think if I were older and watched Jeremy Shockey, I don't think I would have been as fond of him as I was when I was younger. It's, I'm still not really. It's weird. It's 2022, but we're talking about 2002. Uh, going back to 20 years later, um, the Giants are 2-0 and against the Texans at home. 
Will the offense get going in this game? That's that's my first question. I would say that this is pro- – if there's going to be any game for the offense to get going and maybe crack the 30-burger, which has not happened for the Giants in a while, and yes, I agree, Dr. Rose, he definitely was addition by a stra- subtraction because uh, we won the Super Bowl with him being injured. Coincidence? I think not. But anyways, getting back to that question, sorry about that. Um, I would have to say I think this is definitely the game that they can get going because we know that Houston is a very flawed team. I mean, they're probably in the lead for the number one draft pick sweepstakes. So, And not to mention, I think the Giants are just due to score over 30 points. Sorry to bring up that number again, but you'll notice I've brought it up like when talking about certain failed coaching tenures in years past. Wow. 30 points, Hank. It Have like you seen I said, our receiving core? 30 points? I, I'm i not necessarily oh. talking about that. I'm talking about like Saquon. Oh, okay. I'm talking about Daniel Jones. Having faith in Daniel Jones. Hey, we saw Joe Mixon score five touchdowns this past weekend. There. Yep. Yeah, see? And their, run, and their run defense is trash. I mean, we'll get to that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. that's where I'm coming from. Uh, I, I think that in terms of the offense coming to life in this game, if they're going to do it, they need to do it like the first drive because we saw the Texans play. First of all, the Texans are coming off a long week. They were playing on Thursday night against the Eagles. They came out, scored on that first drive, and like – got people into this game like it was a I I think it was a game between the Eagles and the Eagles are obviously undefeated so for them to have an actual game that I thought was going to be a blowout is impressive on the Texans part so first of all it's not an undermining opponent like we can't just assume we're going to win this game just because of their the record um so we need to still go out there and put our best foot forward so if they're going to you know, if something's going to happen a lot, like we need this to happen, like that first drive of the game to get on top because the Texans can be sneaky. They might come from behind or even come out, you know, in front of us for a little while. And then we have to play a catch up game. So I'm just saying they're, they're sneaky little bunch and that Damian Pierce, which we'll talk about in a bit, sneaky little guy. So they're, they're not, again, this isn't just in the bag for us. It's something that we need to play the game too. That's Garth's guy, Damian Pierce. Top six rusher in the league as a rookie. He's up there for offensive rookie of the year right now. So mm-hmm. look out, Giants. Um, Steve says, wow, all the shock he hate tonight, LOL. Like I said, he was decent, but the thing that I hold against he, him. He was more than decent. I, I'm sorry. We're, we're, I, I think we're about to have a little argument here. Jeremy oh, Shockey boy. was a fantastic football player. He was. I'll give you that. But at the and same Jim time. And Jim Fossil loved that man. That was Fossil's guy. When Coughlin came here, he fell out of love. And for good reason. But I also think he was a guy that kind of hindered the development of Eli Manning. That's but just my personal Yes, opinion. I do agree, but he was no Odell Beckham. True. Thank, thank God he didn't do any, like... He was close. Like, he, he did some stupid things, Shockey, but he still made plays when it mattered. And, you know... Yeah. Let's... We'll we'll put the awkwardness aside for now. I know we, we have slightly different opinions about Jeremy Shockey, but 
You can tell I have a love-hate relationship for Jeremy Shockey. I, I do agree to an extent. He did some foolish things. Uh, the cafeteria f- uh, fight with Brandon Short, too, was not. Uh, that was an insult for real, Hank. Average. So, yeah, see, that's my thing, Steve. Shockey was not average. Shockey was well, a top I, five tight end in the league. I was un- making an understatement. You. <laughs> All right, so to avoid this turning into the Jeremy Shockey show, let's continue. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Shockey, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shockey, if you're listening, we want you bad. Uh, Saquon against Damian Pierce, that's going to be an insane running back matchup. The Giants have the worst run defense in the National Football League, despite being 6-2. and two. So I expect Pierce to have a really good game. But the Texans' run defense is no better. They have guys like Malik Collins. Um, their defensive line is more better at rushing the passer than stopping the run. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I'm interested to see how Love does being the defensive signal caller because before this year, Love really didn't have too much of a role on the defense. So I'm interested to see about that. How do we feel about Love being like the leader back there. I think that it's a, you know, it's a pair of shoes that he has to fill, but I I said it earlier in the show. I'm like not entirely worried. I feel like it's something that he can grow into. Maybe not in the first game, maybe not, you know, we're expecting that McKinney is not going to be here for the rest of the season. Like it's something that he can grow into, but I'm not entirely worried about it, to be honest. First of all, Steve, appreciate you. Second of all, I would say Julian Love has been one of our most versatile defensive players this year. I would tend to agree. I think that's definitely a role that he can handle, and he's pretty much done whatever has been asked for him all year. So, I mean, what's stepping up into a larger role that's you know going to take a good amount of shoes to fill? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think Daniel Jones, another X factor, right? We mentioned this five game winning drives this year, most in the first eight games for season since 1950. Hank, do you know who did that? That would have been the Marlboro man, Charlie Connerly. Correct. Um, which, by the way, uh, one of. By the way, fun fact is the second best Giants quarterback to come out of Ole Miss. <laughs> Yes, um, that would be correct. And I just want to quickly shout out John McVeigh, Sean McVeigh's grandfather, who passed away a little mm-hmm. over a week ago. Um, you know, rest in peace, John McVeigh, head coach for the Giants for a little bit. Um, you know, lived to his 90s. He was the oldest living Giants head coach. So I uh, want to quickly acknowledge that. I think now it's Parcells, right? Yeah. Parcells is what, 80? 79, 80, something like that. He's still cranking, too. Yeah, and he's still with it. Like, he's mentally with it, which is good. Yeah, I mean, he was on, right, he was on the Manning cast, wasn't he? Yes. Like, last season, was that last season or this season? Can't remember. But either way, he was just sitting in his lounge chair, just like chilling. Um, What else do we got? So, the Texans coming off a tough loss to the Eagles. 29-17, 29-17, but as Sam mentioned, they were in the game up until late. The defense had four sacks on a good Eagles offensive line, two of them from former Buffalo Bill Jerry Hughes. Damian Pierce had 140 rushing yards 
but the Eagles defense ultimately won the turnover battle, causing two Davis Mills interceptions and extending the Texans losing streak to three games. So obviously, you know, Houston is going to be itching to snap that losing streak. So with that being said, let me ask you this, Hank, what is your key to the game? I'm going to say one of my first keys to the game would be to contain Damian Pierce. I think for the Giants, if you're going to win, if you're going to lose this game, at the very least, make Davis, make Davis Mills be the one that beats you. Damian Pierce, I think we know, is going to be one of the better weapons they have offensively, and that's really not saying much considering who the Houston Texans are. But, of course, you know what my other one is, but you'll notice I haven't really said it much this year because they've actually been doing a great job of that for once. Yep. That's why containing the run has become the new get-off-the-field-on-third-down. Actually, I haven't really had a typical like um, key to the game this year, just like a different one depending on the opponent. Well, you took mine, Hank. I was going to say, not just contain Damian Pierce, but contain the run in general. So um, I'll just also say that uh, the consistency of making sure Daniel Jones has the time to make the plays that we know he can make um, with the wide receivers that he does have, with the targets that he does have. So I would say that protecting Daniel Jones is really important. Um, And I'm not too worried about this Texans defense per se, but with our struggling offensive line, it's just something that we definitely have to keep up with. And we don't need Daniel Jones to get hurt either. I will literally just like scream if that happens. Yeah, protecting Jones is key, especially without Evan Neal, without Ben Bredesen. It's going to be a struggle. Tyre Phillips likely to start at right tackle again. I would not be shocked if Nick Gates sees some action. Um, I'm not sure who will be starting at left guard. It'll probably still be Josh Azudu for this week. Maybe Gates rotates in there a little bit. Um, I'm not sure, but I think the Giants need to pressure Davis Mills. Don't let him get through his progressions because he's an accurate QB. We're without Xavier McKinney, so you can't rely on coverage sacks, right? Uh, The Giants need to continue to blitz. Send DBs. Dane Belton is going to be an X factor in this game, in my opinion. The Texans have a good left side of their offensive line, which is why Damian Pierce is so successful. Laramie Tunsil and Kenyon Green, their first-round pick from this year, 15th overall, who many claim to be a reach, has actually been playing very, very well. Uh, So I think players like Leonard Williams and Kayvon Thibodeau really have to step up. Leonard Williams finally back healthy. Um... You know, so I think it'll be very interesting to see if they can get pressure on Davis Mills because if they can, then they can focus on stopping the run. It'll, it'll make the defense worry about less because the Texans, despite how well Pierce has been doing, they're tied for the least amount of rushing touchdowns in the NFL. So, again, you want to get them into a third and long type of situation, stop the run early leads to pressure on third down and potentially the turnovers, which is what we want. I know it's not Thanksgiving yet, but (laughs) some more turnovers would be nice. I think the Giants are last in the NFL with only one caused interception this season. Really? Yeah. It seems wildly low for us. Considering they blitz all the time too. Yeah. Interesting. 
But moving on to our players to watch segment, always one of my favorite segments of the week. Sam, who do you got for me for Houston and then the Giants? So for Houston, I was kind of bouncing between two guys, but I'm going to go with Brandon Cooks only because um, I know he was, you know, he was dealing with an injury and he was also kind of dealing like with the team in general, but he is basically their best part of their offense for the most part in terms of in the air. And I know that the Texans perform better. I mean, Damian Pierce is great running back, but he's only has three touchdowns on the year. So obviously they like throwing it in the air to score touchdowns rather than putting it on the ground. So I'm going to watch uh, Brandon Cooks and he's, you know, he's not doing great this year, but he's still a solid wide receiver. So um, he's going to be my, my Houston player to watch. And then my Giants player to watch is going to be Wandale Robinson. I'm doing two wide receivers only because you know, like we said earlier with our breakout players, like he's the guy that I want to watch only because I want to see Daniel Jones throw him like a 75-yard bomb and just get him in the end zone and just like get that feeling that like, oh yeah, Wandale's going to be our guy and like Wandale's going to be the wide receiver core future. Um, so I'm going to keep my eyes on him, more hoping that that's something that happens. All righty. Sounds good. I like those choices. Uh I am going to go with Damian Pierce, who I think is the uh, one of the other better members of the Texans' offensive attack, and I pretty much already went a bit into detail why I would have him on that choice. And for the Giants, you might think that I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley because I mentioned a running back. However, if you paid attention to my breakout player's for the Giants in the second half, I am going to go with Kayvon Thibodeau. I think this is the game where he gonna he gets a few sacks for the New York Giants, and I think this is the game that where you start to see it snowball into a bigger second half for him going forward. I like that pick a lot, Hank. I hope Thibodeau gets two sacks at least in this game. That would be awesome to see. I could see uh, it. for me for Houston. I really like Jerry Hughes. He scares me. Seven sacks, seven tackles for loss. He has an interception. He's pretty high up in the PFF ratings at 76.3. He's a guy who's familiar with going up against Brian Dable coached players in practice with the Buffalo Bills. So the Giants have to be wary of him. He probably knows a few of Dable's secrets. So, again, the coaching is going to be very key but as long as Andrew Thomas is matched up against Jerry Hughes, um, I think we'll be fine. But Hughes is the best and only legit pass rusher on that Texans team. Um, and then I guess two honorable mentions for them we haven't mentioned. Jalen uh, Petrie, second on the team with 57 tackles, second-round pick, five TFLs, um, leads the team with two interceptions. Another, They have two solid rookies in their secondary. Um, which is why I think Sa- Saquon and Wandale are two very important players in this game. You have Derek Stingley, who we know if Galladay plays, um, going up against a rookie corner, that'll be a nice matchup to watch as well. Stingley has five passes defended. We all thought that Stingley pick third overall was a reach. Um, yeah. I-, I still think it was. Um, I don't understand why with Sauce Gardner on the board. Maybe they just felt Stingley, uh, Stingley fit their scheme a little bit more. I don't know, but 
I'd say if you if there's any strong suit on Houston, it's the secondary. It's the two rookies mm. in the secondary. That's really the only thing I'm scared about. Um, I wouldn't even say scared, just concerned. For the Giants, I'm going with Dane Belton, the safety. I'm sticking with secondary for Big Blue as well. You'll likely see him on the field much more and in the box without Xavier McKinney. That was McKinney's role. Love is the free safety. McKinney is that box safety. So Love will be back deep. And we even saw Belton rotate in a little bit as well. I think Belton will be rushing the passer a lot. So Davis Mills needs to look out. I mean, he does have eight interceptions on the season and has been sacked 19 times. Eight picks is a lot through eight games. That's a one interception a game. So if the Giants are going to cause turnovers, Belton is going to be very, very key. Um, you know, on the football field. But my question is, is this fourth round rookie really up to the task, right? Because we've talked about all the rookies so far. Belton's been good, but he's kind of flown under the radar like a McFadden. So we don't really know. The jury is still out on these guys and you have to give them time to develop. But I think him learning under Landon Collins and Julian Love will definitely help his development. So I'm excited to see what Dane Belton could do. Look out for number 24 in blue on Sunday. I like that a lot. Injuries. Sam, our injury list is much shorter now. I'm very Yay. happy about it. It is very exciting. And, and the Texans injury list is actually longer than the Giants, which is, which is real great. So um, for the Giants, uh, we had Evan Neal, obviously, with the knee injury, did not participate. Daniel Bollinger, the eye did not participate, um, but those are our only two DNPs. Cordell Flott with a calf injury was limited. Kenny Galladay with his knee injury was limited. We might be seeing him on Sunday. Maybe he'll actually do something. O'Shane Zimenez with a quad was limited. And Richie James was full practice um, after his concussion, which is which is fairly good news. I'd, I'd like to see Richie James back on the field. Um, for the Texans, uh, Brandon Cooks with his wrist injury was limited. Um, linebacker Neville Hewitt had a hamstring injury. He did not participate. DT Malik Collins with a chest injury was limited. Wide receiver Nico Collins was a groin limited. I almost read that as a Nico Lalos for a second. I was like, <laughs> wait a second, what's going on? Uh, I miss Nico. Um, wide receiver Philip Dorsett with an ankle is a full practice. Um, he's another guy that we should uh, keep our eyes on in terms of defense. Um, defensive tackle Jaleel Johnson had an illness, but he was a full practice. Uh, running back Damian, uh, Damian Pierce, chest, shoulder, limited. Linebacker Jalen Reeves, Mabin with a groin was limited. And guard Justin McCray with a concussion was a full practice today. That, the Nico Collins injury is definitely the most concerning one for them because he's the complementary to Brandon Cooks and he's their mm-hmm. deep play threat. So. Mm-hmm. If he plays, I would definitely look out for him as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pierce and Barkley are both banged up. Running backs are always bound to get hurt at some point. They just they take the most hits yeah. of anybody. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, they're getting hit every play, essentially. But All right, let's get into our game predictions. Uh, Stan, I'll start with you here. Who do you have winning this game and by how much? 
I have the Giants winning this game. Um, but like I said, this is not going to be just an in-the-bag kind of situation. Um, I think that the Texans are going to give us a fight the way they did the Eagles. Um, hopefully the Giants learn from that Eagles game just a little bit. But them being seven-point favorites, I feel like I, I respect the line here. So I'm going to do 28-21 Giants. Very close to that 30-point mark, Hank. I I like that. You know what? I'm going to be bold. Giants win 31-13. Nice. Lots of threes and ones. Play I hope you're right. I know, I know that's kind of crazy, but the, mo- the more important fact of the matter is this is one of the few games this season that I'm actually confident in picking the Giants to win. That's true. Hank's been picking against us, mostly. Yeah, this is going to be a clean sweep here. Um, again, you know, coming off the bye, it's always nice having that extra week off. I do think that Houston will present some matchup challenges, especially with the way they played the Eagle tough last week. Um, their defense is their strong suit because of Lovey Smith, defensive minded mm-hmm. head coach. Um, but their offense is not up to par. They have nothing outside of Damian Pierce. They're not a threat to score many points. Um, so I'm going with the Giants, 27 to 17. I think Jones has a good game. Uh, he's not going to throw for like 300 yards and three touchdowns. That's not going to happen because the secondary is very good. Um, also due to the lack of weapons that the Giants have. I think Saquon, though, will break out in this game. And like I said, the Giants defense is, again, at times it'll bend but not break. And I think they'll cause a couple turnovers this game. So, Is this our first clean sweep of the season? For picking the Giants? I should, I would think so. For I'm pretty the, sure. No. Yeah, like I'm saying, like all three of us picking the Giants Dallas. this season. Dallas. Did I predict? I predicted them to lose to Dallas. You did. What about the Carolina game? I picked Carolina, I remember. You picked Carolina. Yeah, that's what I'm just saying because I know Hank picked the opposing team a lot of times. I think this is the first time that we're picking all the giants, all three of us this season. Wow. Wow. I don't want to fully explain. I don't want to fully explain my reasoning for not picking the giants as much as I probably could have, but I, I think you probably have an idea. I think it's okay. Hank, Cause a lot of times we win when you pick them. So hopefully this didn't jinx anything. What, what do I often say, Sam? I would rather be, Wrong and excited than right and disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but it'll be exciting to see what happens um, this Sunday. And one last thing I wanted to mention, too, uh, Joe Shane might be up for GM of the year, in all honesty. I know Dable's been rumored as coach of the year, but I just want to give this man a shout-out for everything he does for this football team. Um, And there's one other hot take I wanted to make tonight. When he was asked – that a team wanted to trade for a good player. Remember there was a question asked that the giants were offered a trade by a team for Mm -hmm. a good player. I don't think it was Saquon. I think it was Dexter Lawrence. Um, Mm. That, that that's my hot take of the night. And Joe Shane gave it a hard no. And in the past, the giants have not valued interior defensive linemen as much. I really think Joe Shane wants to give him a second contract next season as well. Um, I know he's still in their contract on the fifth year option next year. 
since they exercised it. But I just think he's done a good job at managing this cap where, you know, he's not fully degrading everything that Gettleman did. He knows Gettleman did do some decent things for this team. There was definitely a lot more bad than good, but there is talent on this roster that Joe Shane did inherit, and he's not going to cut ties with all of those players. He realizes that. So again, I think he's done a good job at recognizing that talent and bringing in new players and not pushing the panic button just because they're six and two and have no wide receivers. They prioritize the O-line. They fix the O-line. The receiving core stinks. Fine. When, when the giants made the super bowl in 1990, who were their receivers? Mark Ingram and Stephen Baker, the touchdown maker. Right. So at the end of the day, you don't need excellent wide receivers to make it far. Right. I mean, I mean it, it's we're we're literally proving that true right now. That's my yeah, definitely my point of emphasis. But I do think it'll be interesting. Um, the Giants are still in a fight with the Eagles and the Cowboys. I think you want to avoid being that sixth seed um, and potentially drawing a matchup in Seattle. I think you'd rather play the four, whether it be Tampa or Atlanta, most likely Tampa. But then again, no one wants to play Brady in the playoffs, but. I mean, hey, the division's still up for grabs. I know we're two back in the loss column, but we all know the Eagles could potentially slide a little bit. We still have two meetings against them, two opportunities to beat them. And the Eagles are playing the Commanders on Monday. Yeah. So we'll have to keep our eye on that, too. We'll I don't know. Taylor Heineke is, like, kind of on a fire. <laughs> Who knows? They Maybe almost the beat the Vikings. They almost They almost them. did. And the, and the Vikings are what? They're 6 7 and, and 1. Seven and one. Yep. I was going to say they led most of the game. They led most of the game. Yeah. So, and we have a lot of division left too. Yes. So it's gonna, you know, it's great that we have this record now, but like we really knew, like our one division team was a loss, which is not great. And I like how we weren't really thinking too much ahead tonight. We weren't talking about Detroit as well, potentially. Mm. Um being eight and two heading into Thanksgiving, we've had that mindset. Just take this one game at a time and focus on Houston, right? That's a game that actually scares me more next week. But I'll we'll, we'll talk Detroit? about that week. Yeah, yeah. Next week's next week's episode leading up to Detroit is going to be interesting. Yeah, it does. That could be a trap game for sure, especially if the Giants blow out the Texans. But sure, Sam Hank, any final thoughts before we sign off for tonight? No, I'm I'm excited for this weekend though. I'm excited for this game. Me too. I like I said, doesn't it feel nice to actually be confident in the Giants winning a game for once. It no. does, indeed. Folks, a quick reminder, tonight's episode was presented by our sponsor, Bet US. You can sign up with our promo code below at join one two five. Get a one hundred twenty five percent sign up bonus when you bet on the go from your mobile device anywhere. Anytime. That's America's number one favorite sports book. Bet you asked where the game begins. Um, let's go Giants. Hoping for a nice uh, Sunday win. And without further ado, let's go Big Blue.